Everything F1, driven by fans, for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! is still on provisional pole. This time for Stafford and Hamilton have crashed out. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller, and alongside me today, from the Everything F1 team, we do have Coops. Hiya, Coops. How are you? I'm not bad. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, it's the brand new year. It's 2022. We've got a lot to look forward to. Uh, and over the coming weeks, we will have plenty to talk about, uh, where we're going to be talking about the new regulations. We're going to be talking about all the drivers. Uh, we're going to be talking about what we think is going to happen over the season. Uh, and that's in the up and coming weeks when we've got a few more of us uh, on board to talk about. But today we're just going to be touching on all the latest breaking news from around the grid, any rumours that we've heard over the Christmas period. And yeah, just, just catch up with all the news because we haven't been here for a couple of weeks. But first, obviously, we are Everything F1. You can find us on all social medias, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We have got the Discord server. And, of course, you can find us on the website, www.everythingf1.com. You are also listening to us on this podcast right here today. Uh, and if you are listening to us, thank you very much. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button uh, and make sure you get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. So let's talk about some news then, uh, Coops. What's really jumped out at you during the last few weeks uh, where we haven't been chatting on podcasts? Well, I mean, today a big, a kind of big bit of news came, kind of dropped, but I'm not 100% sure if it's due to the end of Abu Dhabi Grand Prix with Michael Massey mm-hmm. or whether it was a change that was supposed to happen. However, it has been noted on documents released by FIA, which they release a document showing where everybody in the organisation, what their job role is and where they're at. And if you compare this one from 2022 to 2021, mm-hmm. Michael Massey's name is not at the same place. Uh, and what that, from what I can gather, it looks as if they've brought someone else in to take over the sporting and technical regulations which was something that Michael Massey was part of last year and Nicholas Tombias dealt with the technical regulations and Michael Massey done the sporting regulations. Now Mm. it looks like that uh, Massey is no longer part or doesn't oversee the sporting regulations. Uh, The FIA have just released a document, they haven't released anything to say uh, why this has changed or what the reason is for this change. Uh, they obviously they haven't even said anything in regards to whether this was a scheduled change. It's just happened. Mm. Uh, coincidentally, the investigation, or the promised investigation by the FIA, 
uh, has started or started on Monday uh, and is expected to finish by the beginning of February to coincide with the next meeting for the World Motorsport Council, uh, which mm. is where they'll present the findings and what they're going to do with it. Uh, so that's the biggest bit of news today. Uh, there has been other things, but so it's, it's interesting. Michael Massey, though, is still going to be race director. Uh, is that confirmed or is that just speculation as it as it stands? The, the FIA have never said he's not, so he still is the race director. I mean, the FIA never came out. They basically came out and kind of, in a sense, with the, the, invest, the, the statement to say they're going to investigate it because it looked bad for Formula One. It wasn't to say that they think he'd done something wrong. It was more, we back him but we're going to let you know why he made the decision and why that decision was right. But the stewards kind of admitted at the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix that he didn't quite follow the rules as they were supposed to be written. So there's a wee bit of a conflict there. But mm. at the moment, there's no confirmation that he's out of the job. There's no He's not confirmed in the job, but yet they never said he wasn't in the job anyway. So if, if anything, basically, if, basically if, if I aren't saying anything, he's still the race director. Is basically the way it is at the minute. Um, mm. So it's just a waiting game. It is, and we're we're expecting obviously this Abu Dhabi inquiry, the results to come out quite quite quickly. I'm guessing because what we're doing at the moment is also waiting for confirmation from Hamilton uh, about what he wants to do for the rest of the year, whether he wants to actually come back. Because uh, there was a another news um, article that came out again yesterday. It was uh, from the BBC. Uh, reporting that Lewis Hamilton will not decide whether to return to the F1 this season until he sees the results of an inquiry into the Abu Dhabi GP. Uh, the Mercedes team boss, Toto Wolff, has said that Hamilton is disillusioned with F1 as a result of last year's championship deciding race. And insiders have said that Hamilton has lost trust in the governing body as a result. So when approached by BBC Sport, uh, Mercedes declined to comment on the situation surrounding Hamilton's future. The FIA has launched an inquiry into the events of Yas Marina uh, and is aware of both Hamilton's unhappiness and that it has a big task on its hand to win back the seven-time champion's confidence. How do we feel about that? Uh, how, well, how do you feel about that? Sorry, Coops. Can you see him not driving this year? I think he will. Not to say that it's an empty threat. I mean, Hamilton hasn't directly came out and said what's been stated as the BBC article basically states insiders have said he's disillusioned. Well, yeah, pretty much anyone would be if they were in Hamilton's position at the end of Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, and he's doing the right thing. He's he got he's, he's unfollowed everybody in his social media accounts so that he doesn't have to deal with the traffic or, or stumble across things that he doesn't want to stumble across. He's completely cut himself off and he's just, you know, going through the motions. It's not something that you know, it happened on the Sunday by Monday morning. He's fine. It's, you know, it's going to stick in his throat for quite a while and he needs time. And do you know what? Hamilton's one of those drivers that it's not, the Formula One is not the be all and end all for Hamilton. He's got other interests and other things he likes to do. However, as a, a sportsman and a very competitive sportsman, does he really want to leave Formula One under that kind of cloud? I mean, it doesn't take much for the people that don't like Hamilton to try and pin something on him. Mm. 
uh, and say he's not a worldly, worldly champion and look, he ran scared because George Russell's in the car and that's the reason he made the excuses up. And you can hear it, you can see it being written. We deal with it on a day-to-day basis on the page anyway. So, uh, to be honest, and plus the new regulations, the new cars, I think intrigue, I think the chance for him to go back and, you know, give it a good shot. I think if he doesn't want it this year, I think he might go because this is the last year of his contract, I think, if I'm right. Uh, he's got a two-year contract. So, has he still got another year yeah, after it's, this it's, one? Yeah, he's got a two-year contract. But wait, even, I mean, look at Rosberg. He had a contract and he retired, so it doesn't really matter if someone's going to retire. I think contracts are only a big deal when it comes to moving teams, to be honest. Mm. Uh, but yeah, to, to kind of round that one off, I don't think he'll go. I think he's just keeping himself out the road to try and just deal with what happened. Of course, there's one eye on the investigation do I think that he'll leave because they're not doing the right thing? No. I think I think Formula One and the FIA know that there's been a bit of an own goal by Abu Dhabi, at the end of Abu Dhabi, and I think they have to clear things up a bit. Oh, they I, I think they would I think they'd lost a few fans from it. Now I've certainly even non-Hamilton fans, as it were, are kind of pointing out the obvious that it was not the fact that the, the Max won. I, you know, uh, I, I think genuinely that Max Verstappen was the better driver last season, so he absolutely deserved the win uh, of the championship. But the way it happened, um, you know, I, I think people that have been watching F1 for a long time have seen that as a bit, a bit of a silly move from the FIA. The way the way it happened. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think that Hamilton will go. I think he's just kind of making a point at the moment uh, and kind of. At the end of the day, the FIA and F1 will want Hamilton in the car this season because he's a big draw, big name, uh, and he want they want the you know Hamilton versus Max Verstappen part two or part three, four, five or six or whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll, they'll want those headlines, and if Hamilton does go, there'll only be three world champions on the grid: Max Verstappen, Sebastian Vettel, and Fernando Alonso. Obviously, those two having not actually won one for a few quite a few years, so. To have that extra world champ, to have the competition from from arguably one of the best drivers uh, in F1 history, I think F1 themselves will be putting pressure on the FIA to, to come up with something to put everything right, really, and, and make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. The other thing to think of as well, next year, or this season, sorry, uh, coming up, they don't want the focus to be the fallout from Hamilton not returning because of the end of last season. They want the focus to be on the new cars and the new era for Formula One, and they want they want the focus to be on that, which is what we want. We would do it, you know, as preseason testing starts, and you know, in kind of middle to end of February and March, we don't want to be talking about this. We don't want this on our heads. We want to be sitting going, the cars look nice, and oh look, they've launched the Ferrari looks mm. really nice for the new, you know, the new liveries and whatever else so it's in the interest of just about everybody with any kind of interest in Formula 1 to have this tied up mm-hmm. the biggest worry I have is and I, I was uh, I done a wee bit of left-handed Google in there the statement made the statement released by the FIA to say they were doing an investigation called it a clarification exercise mm. that you know that's them going the rules were followed and you don't understand so this is what it's supposed to be it's kind of patronising and a wee bit worrying because do they understand the severity of what's actually happened? So that that team, that's the only concern I have. Ironically, or maybe not, 
the gentleman who's replaced Massey as the overseer of the sporting regulations is a guy called Peter Bayer. He's been involved in Formula One and the FIA, sorry, for quite some time as his general secretary and you know, general and other roles. He's overseeing the investigation into the the events of Abu Dhabi. Right. So it's not it's someone who's been in the FIA for a long time, knows how it works. He's uh, well respected within the organisation. So, uh, and he's also overseeing the sporting regulations for single seaters. So it's not just Formula One. You know, it's the uh, Formula One, two, three. I think it's Carton as well. He does a lot. There's a lot to to oversee in that role. So, hmm. uh, if someone sees something that wasn't done properly within those regulations, it would be him. Uh, and hopefully they'll come out. They'll say, look. He kind of did. It was misunderstood. He shouldn't have, but it still fell within the remit. However, due to the confusion, we are tightening up the rules. And I think that's the best we can hope for, that we're going to reword the rules. From now on, <laughs> you know, they cannot just pick and choose which cars can pass the safety car. It's either all or none. And this mm. fear that a, a race can end behind the safety car. So what? If it ends behind the safety car, it ends behind the safety car. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. And I think there needs to be the element, yes, it's still entertainment. Yes, we want a show, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. Like, we didn't see them trying to engineer a race when it was Paul Ricard a couple of years back when it was such a boring race. Mm. Like, it just came out. It was a boring race. Everyone said it. There wasn't a lot to talk about. It was a boring race. And then we moved on. You know, yeah. and I think that would Abu Dhabi would be the same if it ended behind the safety car. Max Verstappen fans would go in a huff. Latifi would get a bit of unwanted attention because he crashed, and eventually it would peter out because people, well, what else should we do? There's nothing they could do. It was bad timing. Mm. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. And I think Massey got caught up in the idea of, and we all would have been a bit disappointed. It would be very anticlimactic with such a great season that the end of the season and the, the decision was made because of a safety car, which would be a bit kind of, oh, for goodness sake, really? But <laughs> hey, it's sport. And I get why you've done it. I get, I understand it to a point, but it was just far too messy and we should still not be talking about it. It was a great season. Max Verstappen, regardless of who you follow or who you support, is a worthy champion because he now, I mean, that the only reason that Red Bull had to change their power units was because of accidents. They were the most reliable car. Yeah, they were. Had a great engine. Yeah, had a great engine Uh, last year. So, you know, kudos to Honda, kudos to Red Bull. They, They were worthy champions. It shouldn't have ended the way it did. It did. Let's wait to see what the world, the FIA come out with. And let's hope that they understand that there needs to be some changes and tightening up. They've already done it with track limits. The white lines are now the track limits. Any race. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> no more, no more. Oh, it's changing at this corner, this corner, that corner. Nope. White line on every single track is the track limits. You go over it, you get your track time deleted. You do it too many times, you get a penalty. And that's where it needs to be clear. That's it. Yeah. And there's got to be a way of doing that with other rules. Um, another article that I wanted to uh, discuss and rumour, really, um, as it were at the moment, because nothing can, nothing is confirmed. Um, but actually, the outgoing FIA president, Jean Tot, has been linked with a move back to the Scuderia Ferrari team. 
Um, now, what, get, what, what do you make the band of that? Back together, eh? <laughs> get the band back together. <laughs> that, they just need Braun to come over and help design. When you try and recreate the magic, it reminds me of the scene in the Groundhog Day where the uh, the two main characters shared a moment in the snow, and then it reset, and he spent ages trying to find that moment, and you just couldn't quite find the moment. Mm. Uh, bringing John Todd back, you're not going to find that moment. Formula One's moved on, and there's too many other things that have moved on. But I mean, he's a smart man; he knows his stuff. I don't think it was going to be team principal, though, was it? It was uh, no, no, for, no. It, it was, was a kind of advisory role, a senior advisor to the or advisor to the senior team or something. Mm. You know, it depends on how involved he wants to get. It depends on how much it's going to put Benotto's. Uh, knows how to join. I don't think it will. I think maybe, you know, it could balance things out a bit. Equilibrium, uh, Bonato's more of an engine technical side. Maybe he takes some, he's got some strength from the other side. Uh, but I mean, Ferrari, they kind of, they were probably one of the, it wouldn't be hard to improve in the season before last, but they were one of the most improved and most consistent teams behind Red Bull mm-hmm. uh, and obviously Mercedes because they were the top two. And they got they were best of the rest by quite a margin and were very consistent. The drivers were good. There wasn't any dramas, uh, unlike Brazil a few years ago. Uh, so, is he really needed? I'm not convinced. Is it just a case of we've got John Top back at Ferrari? Look who wins, you know. And just every so often they wheel him out in front of the cameras or make <laughs> him, you know, walk around with a headset just to make people get back to the. Because we all like a bit of that emotion yeah. from back in the day. And the nostalgia, the nostalgia yeah, of seeing him. Do, do you think he'd sit on the pit on the pit wall? I, I don't. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll do it through the important things. If he was going to be about, I think he might see him sitting on the pit wall during free practice, or he might sit in the pit wall during the Italian Grand Prix or something. Mm. Uh, but I think during the race and during qualifying, when there's important things to do, he's an advisor. You know, he's advising the hospitality guests. You know, uh, <laughs> or something. I, I don't think it's going to be quite as into it it may not even happen you know yeah uh, it is a room it's only a rumor at the minute so it, it could conjecture, and it might not happen but yeah it would be interesting to see especially with all the inside information that he has now from uh, being obviously fia president for however many years that he did it for okay any other news that you want to chat about uh aston martin yes up my staff now staff now it's no longer the team principal of aston martin so he this was... this paves the way for his the rumored uh, move to Alpine that we had at the end of last season that he came out and flatly denied. Oh yeah, there's no absolute no basis for the rumor going around that I'm heading to Alpine next year. So uh, we expecting that news to drop <laughs> soon, uh, yeah. as as per the the kind of expectations after the firm denial. Well. He's a hundred percent a free agent. No gardening leave or any sort. It was, you know, released with immediate effect. Uh, and to be honest, I'm not surprised. Uh, Aston Martin were probably the most disappointing. Uh, if you compare that to the expectation for everybody, Lance Stroll, uh, the Stroll money, and uh, obviously that's not going to really kick in for a couple of years. But you know, the Aston Martin branding, Sebastian Vettel, and they just, you know, they they sat in front of. Haas, Williams, uh, Alfa Romeo, then it was Aston Martin. They should not have been down there. Uh, Snaff now spent more time moaning about the regulations, which he voted for, along with everybody <laughs> else on the grid, that they were there to hamper him. Well, don't copy Mercedes. 
And then I think during the season, they flatly denied that the company were, that Aston Martin were bringing in a CEO. And then mm. Martin Whitmarsh got hired. And the reason he flatly denied it was he didn't know he was coming. So, <laughs> and he actually, he didn't know from what I found out when I was, you know, looking into some stuff uh, online that he actually, the reason he denied it was when he didn't know what was happening. It wasn't, he was doing the corporate line. He actually mm. didn't know. Nobody told him. So, you know, uh, and Lance Stroll, Lawrence Stroll, sorry, he doesn't become a billionaire uh, suffering fools lightly. You know, he he's putting a lot of money and he's putting a lot of money into that team. Mm. And for it to be where it is, someone had to take the fall for it. So uh, who, who can we see stepping up then to the Alpine? Are there, are there any rumours uh, on the rumour mill? Do you have any kind of, is it just someone from in, inside the team that's going to be doing it? Martin Whitmarsh, could he be uh, t- taking a step onto the uh, pit wall? Whitmarsh might be a good idea in a shorter term to steady the ship, but if it's only a short term, they don't need to necessarily have him on the pit wall, but he'll be there advising because he's done it. Anyway, he could be doing it as a de facto thing, but not quite, you know, up the front. But there's nobody in my head that jumps to mind. It's a very difficult position to fulfil. But then Lawrence Stroll has a lot of businesses and a lot of very smart people around him. So it doesn't need to be somebody within Formula One. Mm, so it might even be jump, a new face. He could jump out. Yeah, Andy Seidel was from outside of Formula One when he came in. Josh Capito came from, I think it was Volkswagen. He he spent a lot of time at. So he wasn't within the Formula One sphere. So while he treat it more as a business and bring that person in from that standpoint, could do. Uh, but it's not an easy fix. It's not something that will be done very quickly. And I think they know that. But... Uh, I think Snafnauer and Aston Martin were kind of doomed to fail unless they were up as the best of the rest in third place. He was going to go anyway. I think it was just a matter of time. Okay. Well, let's talk about something else from the world of F1 then. Uh, any other articles that you, you'd like to discuss? One of the other ones that's a wee bit intriguing is, uh, is it Dan Fallows. He's the head of aerodynamics at Red Bull. Or who, was uh, or, well, he, he, <laughs> in, in the, the process in the process of moving. <laughs> the, the, this is the thing he um, he agreed a, a a new contract or a contract with Aston Martin. He agreed that in July. Red Bull have now taken Aston Martin to court to basically say no, he can't go at this time. I think partly to do along with it must be to do with the the garden leave issue because as we all know. Uh, within Formula One, it's very common if a person decides for a new team, they go home for six months. Yeah. Uh, so they can't share all, data and, and, and yeah, have all that sort within, of inside yeah. secrets and whatnot. Yeah. Within six months, the stuff that they know is already going to be thingy, uh, outdated and no point. So that's not really a concern. But with the Dan Fallows one, I think it's more Red Bull are a bit more aggrieved because of the position he holds within the team. He's right. quite high up there mm-hmm. yeah, as the head of aerodynamics. And it's it's slightly different in that sense, but a wee bit more restraint from him leaving to go to a potential rival so quick. And I, they've won the first one because I think they did win the first one again when they went to court. I'll, I'll need to do another wee bit of left-handed Googling, but 
the judge did actually agree with Red Bull's stance. But there's a there's a bit of uproar from you know fans at the moment saying, oh, you know, Red Bull playing a, a silly game, they're doing their usual blah 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 blah. It's a perfectly normal thing for these businesses. At the end of the day, they are businesses uh, to do to protect their uh, their assets. And at that time, he he was one of Red Bull's assets. So if there's something contractually that that's not been abided by or you know there's there's something very slightly go, that goes against what what he is contractually obliged to do uh for red bull then of course they have every right to uh to hold them to it and it's as i say it's a bit of a it's it's a bit of a game that all, all teams play uh when they can obviously they want to stifle let the other teams uh the opposition uh as much as possible so they don't get an advantage over uh, over them over themselves so yes if Every every Formula One team on the grid have taken somebody to court or threatened mm-hmm. court. As you say, it is a very common thing. Because it's Red Bull, everyone that doesn't like Red Bull or doesn't like Christian Horner. Oh, look at him. So it's not... That, I mean, I've just had a quick Google and the issue centres around the six-month period of gardening leave. And the right. great area is whether that begins when Fallow's handed in his notice or at the conclusion of his contract which actually isn't till the last day of 2022. So this is the issue now. So it's got a, is it like a 12 month? uh, um, Well, his his contract runs till the end of 2022. Aston Martin want him to start earlier. Red Bull are going, no, he's got a contract. Mm -hmm. And the difference was Aston Martin have actually signed some other members of uh, Red, Bull. Red Bull as well, this, yeah. Uh, it was like it's a powertrain department. They've signed some people from Mercedes. But these people moved when their contract finished. This is the difference. Their contract with uh, Red Bull finished. They've then signed a, a new contract once that's finished with uh, Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. The Dan Fallows thing is he's leaving when he's still got a contract and he's very high up within the team. Yeah. So, and so, so if he's got 12 months left on his contract, they won't want him to work. He'll, they'll just want him to sit at home. Obviously, they don't want to give him still, in any inside information. They'll just want him yep. sitting, sitting at home on his hands uh, and not giving any influence to uh, right, to Aston go, Martin at all. Yep, he'll go home. He'll not be allowed to contact Aston Martin or have any discussions with them. Within Which that time, he probably because, will. Let's let's be honest. There there will well, be there, there will be secret talks, no doubt. Yeah, there won't just, be any discussion. We're just sending over a few images. If you just take a look at them and see what you think, yeah. uh, you'll what have did to. You think? Why don't you tell your wife all about it and she can talk to one of our men? <laughs> Did you accidentally get that email that accidentally got sent to you accidentally? All right, uh, we know it happens because it happened, uh, Adrian knew I, I, when I was reading his book or listening to his book, as you like to point out, um, on Audible. Um, there were, he, he had a, a gardening leave uh, period of time uh, between, I think it was between uh, Williams and uh, McLaren. And he secretly looked at some pictures and whatnot. So we know it happens. Oh, yeah. It's it it's, happen. it's it's obviously it happens. Uh, great so, book, by the way, if you want to listen to a, 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 an audio book or read read a book using your actual own eyes, uh, you can do that as well. It's a great book, uh, Adrian. So to, to further add to, I've just had a quick look at the at the article, and to further add, Red Bull then sought a declaration that the defendant was not construct, constructively dismissed, but resigned, and his contract and its minimum terms remained in full force and effect, effectively saying that he resigned, but because he's going to a competitor, he needs he needs to abide by the rules of his contract until that contract is finished. So the, the judges, yeah. at the moment, the judges agreed with Red Bull. 
uh, because of because uh, it was Aston Martin argued about the other folk that came over from Red Bull, and the judge basically said no. Their contracts had ended. Their contracts ended, plus they weren't as important to the team as he is. He's, I mean, mm. he's the head of aerodynamics at Red Bull. That's not a small job. No. Let's be fair. Uh, so this is going to rumble on. It's it. There's going to be some sort of payoff and some sort of agreement, but it won't be in when they say. Uh, Aston Martin have quoted recently that it's the first quarter of 2022. Yeah, I, that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I, I doubt we'll see him 2022 at all, to be honest with you. I think it'll be... Uh, let's uh, let's get you in for next year. You can look think, at ne- next year's car. I think Red Bull might allow him midway through the season because there isn't much you can do midway through the season mm. because the 2022 car's done by the time yeah. he comes in at that point. He may be able to affect things a wee bit further down the line, but at that point, the damage is done. His influence will be to 2023, which mm. which was going to be that anyway. So there might be a, a, a bit of money. You know, I don't think Aston Martin are shot a bob or two. Uh, <laughs> and he'll probably get some period of gardening leave. And I think they'll probably do it pretty strict. They'll be like, you know, proper, like you will not be looking at pictures of an Aston Martin anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, might even be to the point of don't even bother wearing one of their hats. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. going to rumble on for a wee bit. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of that. Is there any other news that we need to discuss, really? No, uh, George Russell on the 1st of January is now a Mercedes driver. Wow. Yeah, we got his uniform the other day. He was he was posting images uh, in his new team wear that I'm. he had a big happy smile on his face. So I, I expect he's... Of course he has. I expect he's. Uh, <laughs> I expect he's uh, trying all that on, and then also trying out his podium stance as well, because uh, I think we'll see him on there a few more times this year. Uh, well, be, he's going to be up at the front quite a lot. Uh, we hope. We hope. Uh, the other thing that I've noticed over the last few weeks is the teams have been very sneaky and just getting us quite kind of excited and salivating for the new era. You know, a lot of them have released the uh, uh, computerized images of last year's livery with this year's spec. Uh, yeah, there was there was uh, there were apparently leaked photos uh, of all the aero package from Mercedes, but and, that wasn't and, leaked. and it wasn't leaked. It was it, that and, was it, not and it's just it's just the generic, uh, it's just the generic car as well. It wasn't anything. That's not that. That's not their this year model. That's just a. That's, the, that's, that's the, rough... the Formula One model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, when that was released, they say this is what the car might look like. And every single team looked at that car and went, our car doesn't look like that. Mm. You know, so although they're the most prescriptive and very narrow in terms of differences compared to last other years, they're different. Every car is going to be slightly different. Uh, so there are subtleties that you'll look at and I, I mean it's going to be the same as every other year the cars that turn up at pre-season tests especially in the, I mean the Barcelona test is a shakedown it's nothing there's no reason for cameras to be there or public because it's going to be pretty boring mm. they're probably not going to be doing much it's just a case of getting them out have a wee run about when you get to Bahrain for the other test the cars that are going to be there compared to what's on the grid are going to be different uh, it's not going to be as extreme with the cost cap and things like that. They can't quite develop as quick and as you know as many times. One or two over the course of the year, probably big ones. But every team will be slightly different. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg's came out. He was in the simulator and he said that the cars are pretty fast. They're almost as fast as they are 
this year. Uh, last year. The last year's season, sorry. <laughs> uh, however, I think from what they were saying initially, it was one to three seconds slower. The teams have come out and said it'll be about a half a second to a second slower, but by the end of 2022, we'll be the same. It will be at the same speed as we were last season. That's uh, great. That's good news because we might see some track records uh, being broken again, which is, I think, is important actually, um, because well, I just think it looks good for the season. looks good Looks good to for for drivers to be beating lap records and and, and that sort of thing. I think it just adds least, at least adds to the excitement, doesn't it? Yeah, you yeah. want to get close to it at least. I mean, Nico did come out. Nico Hulkenberg actually just to remember. He, he came out and said that it'll be hard to follow these cars. And you're like, oh, well, <laughs> that's not what that's we want to hear. We don't, neither. But that, he, that's he, the whole he, point he, of the design is to stop that yeah. sort of shenanigans going but on. I think, I think we was talking about high speed corners. And I think in the higher speed corners, they're a bit more stable. But when you get to the lower speed corners, when the new ground effect and stuff isn't quite as effective, they're a bit harder to work on. So maybe in certain areas that are a wee bit harder to follow than other areas because it's aerodynamics. That's quite, I mean, it's a science, we're going to say. Uh, but let's just hope he's wrong. That's all I say. Uh, I mean, it's a simulator. How much can you kind of affect it? Because yeah, when you're in the simulator, you're not. it's not like Formula 1 2021 when you're having a race. You're driving mm. yourself. So... You know, hopefully when you get out onto pre-season testing in the first race and the first, you know, qualifying in March, that things are a lot closer than, and, you know, there's a, at least a spectacle, at least there's something. Yeah. I think we're going to see somebody else on the top step uh, this year. Uh, I, that's, that's, you know, that's... But we had, we had Gasly in 2020, we had uh, Ricardo in 2021. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a particularly out there uh, prediction there, Teller, is it? I mean, no, I'm, no, I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping <laughs> a, I'm hoping a new team uh, is competing for the championship. Uh, I, I don't think, yeah, you know, the Haas has got it, hasn't it? Yeah. I don't think Red Bull are going to be immediately there. I think all the efforts that they put in last year will have a knock-on effect at what they will achieve with the car this year. So I think, you know, with all the development they did, late last year trying to make sure that they won the, the drivers championship i think obviously it will have a uh, there will definitely be some kind of hangover um from the 2021 season but that's just my thoughts anyway um but i do think we'll see kind of ferrari up there i uh, hopefully we'll see mclaren up there as well um and obviously i do think i've got a scary scary prediction that and i'd prefer it not to be uh, but i've got a scary prediction that that mercedes are going to dominate this year again. I just have that feeling um, because they're going to have a lot to prove after last year and and early on in the season. Toto Wolff said that they were they'd they'd stopped developing and they were focusing on next year's car, whereas you know Red Bull would admittedly still developing quite late into I mean, the season. To make to help with that, I think five minutes after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix had finished, they were firing up the engine for the twenty twenty two car. They were the first ones <laughs> to put up a wee. Let's turn the key. That's uh, that's definitely a state a statement, isn't it? Uh, let's make let's make a statement. This this is this year's engine. We're ready. Yeah, it was one of those. You didn't see anything. You heard the noise. They said it was this car. Is it really? Yeah, you know, it, no it's one all knows. About gamesmanship, but of course it is. You know, I mean, McLaren were doing some sneaky. Here's a picture of like a, a panel. 
here's here's a box that says suspension on it. You know, we've had all that because of such a change. But yeah, I mean, there's always a fallout. I mean, look what happened to uh, was it Ferrari and Mercedes when they fought right to the very end. The next year, Hamilton got a car that they won one race on, and he was getting eighths and sixes and sevenths for the season because they mm. just developed right to the end of the year in the hope that they would win the title. Then the following year, their car was a dog. I don't think it's going to be as bad as that, but yeah, there might be some fallout. And Mercedes have a lot to prove because they had quite a fragile power unit, uh, as well as, you know, they were beaten. So, you know, not to the constructor, but yeah, but in, in, the in, in their in their sense, they 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 did what they needed to. Um, they got they won the constructors. But hmm. the other thing as well to remember, Mercedes Red Bull are losing time in the wind tunnels and losing CFE time with the new yeah, sure. scale. So mm-hmm. that that's something, if something is slightly not right, they've not got as much time to fix it. And they don't have the endless pot of money to fix it either. So I think you could see a few wee whoopsies in there that are going to be whoopsies for a wee bit of, for a wee while. Uh, on the other side of the scale, uh, I don't see the, the Haas team being fourth in the, the grid and fifth. I think they'll be closer to Williams and the Alphas and getting in amongst it and seeing them getting themselves out of the Q1. But they're not going to. It's not going to be as big a jump as everyone's hoping, I suppose. Uh, but mm. they they should hopefully be closer. And Bottas and uh, the Alpha, he's a decent. You know, Kimi Raikkonen drove the car, but he never helped the team with development or anything like that. Bottas the will, uh, and you've got a hungry. Uh, albeit quite rich young uh, Chinese driver in Wang Grand Hujo. Wang uh, Hujo. We're going to have to get used to saying his name, actually. We're going to repeat that until we get it right. Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting season next year for sure. A couple of drivers in there that we'll probably talk more about closer to the season starting, but Albin being in Williams without the pressure of being in a Red Bull, that's going to be good for him, hopefully. I mean, if he doesn't cut it this year, I don't see him being in Formula 1 much longer. But, and, and they've got a great, they've got someone to, to kind of compare him against with Latifi as well. Because Latifi, by the, you know, the middle to the end of last season, was was being as consistent as George Russell, really. Well, maybe not not quite up there, but he was he was scoring points at, or the odd point here and there. You know, Latifi's uh, a good driver. I mean, it's just unfortunate the three years he's been in Formula One or the years he's been in Formula One, he's been up against George Russell, who's an anomaly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's a he's an extraordinary talent, uh, and you know it's it's just like being a, a teammate to Fernando Alonso when Fernando Alonso first arrived. You just there was something different about him. It's the same as being the teammate as Fernando Alonso found out to Lewis Hamilton. There was something different when they arrived, and that's just what happened to Latifi. But he's not a bad driver, you know. Definitely just so, a journeyman, though. But but here, he journeyman F one driver. Which, well, he's not a journeyman. He's been in the same team for a couple of years now, at least. Journeymen leave after one year and go somewhere else. And <laughs> You know, uh, I mean, for, Fernando Alonso's probably one of your biggest journeymen. Uh, if he'd made the right decisions at the right times, he wouldn't be sitting on just two contracts, two world champions. But, you know. Well, we'll go into all our predictions as we get closer to the season. We've got uh, a couple of podcasts coming up where we're going to be talk- look- looking at the new regulations and comparing, you know, the differences between this year and, and last year. Uh, obviously talking about how we think the teams are going to do. We're going to talk about the teams and drivers 
Uh, we're going to have to have loads of more conversations. We're going to try and get on some great guests as well, like we did last year. Um, we're going to try and up, up our game and get even more uh, great people on. Uh, and of course, some of the old, old faces and, and voices that you got, did get to hear last year. We will try and get those on too. Um, it's been a short one today, so I do apologise if you were expecting a longer one, but it really has been a very quiet off-season. Um, me and, and Coops, uh, we've been kind of struggling to get content for the, uh, for the for the Facebook page and for a, for a website and whatnot because there really just isn't that much going on. So we do apologise uh, about that. But as we get closer to the season, we are absolutely sure we're going to ramp it all up. We will be here every week drop in the podcasts and we really appreciate you listening if you have anything that you want us to talk about by all means send us an email send us a message via our facebook send us a tweet uh if you want us to talk about something in particular uh, or focus a, a podcast episode on something uh, and get somebody on to talk about it with uh, for us and you've got any suggestions for guests to come onto our show we're always up for that uh, as i say we are driven by our fans uh, for our fans so we really do want your input and we appreciate everything that you do for us. So all that's left for me to say, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for being here, Coops. Thank you. Thanks very much. And we will speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.